Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Vaginal births commonly end with a tear and occasionally with an episiotomy. Learning how to treat and recover from this can make the postpartum recovery time go a lot more smoothly. I'm Maureen Mason, physical therapist specializing in pelvic therapy and treating postpartum women, and you're listening to newbies. He's gorgeous. Um, it's a girl. Surprise! The whole family's here. So when are you having the next one? It's just poop. Ready for another? Wow, you look really tired. Ready to go back to work? Yellow poop? Seriously? Did you sterilize this? Sex? Now? You've got to be joking. You should sleep when the baby sleeps. He doesn't look anything like you. I thought you already had your baby. I did. Babies don't come with instructions, so there's Newbies, helping new moms and new babies through the first year. Welcome to Newbies, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Newbies is your online, on-the-go support group guiding new mothers through their baby's first year. I'm your host, Kristen Stratton. I'm also a certified birth doula, postpartum doula, and owner of Indu Season Doula Services. If you haven't already, be sure to visit our website at newmommymedia.com and subscribe to our weekly newsletter. You can also subscribe to our show through iTunes, so you'll automatically get new episodes when they're released. Sunny's here to tell us about other ways you can participate in our new show. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to Newbies today. We have a few ways that you can participate in the show. Newbies has a Facebook page. We have a Twitter page. And we're always posting different articles that we see, different uh, conversations that we're having here in the studio. So be sure to uh, visit those pages, like them, follow them for the latest information on Newbies. Also, if you want to be part of the actual podcast, you can do that in a couple different ways. We have a couple segments that we're always looking for people to participate in. One is called our Ask the Expert segment. And that is where you can ask our experts any questions you have. I'm sure you have a lot being a new mom. So feel free to submit your questions through our website at newmommymedia.com. We'll get them answered. And another one is an oops. We call it like mama oops. It's it's the stuff that happens, the funny stories that you have as a new mom that happen to you and your baby where you're like, oh, this is going down in the record books is a funny situation. If you have those kind of funny stories you want to share on our show, you can do the same thing. Go to our website. Send us an email. We also have a voicemail line that you can call so no one's actually going to pick up the phone you just leave a message and we'll use your recording on the show and the number for that is 619-866-4775 so today I'm actually going to be participating in our conversation so I'll go ahead and introduce myself as a panelist and then we'll learn more about the other people in the room so I'm Sunny I'm producing today's show I'm also the owner of New Mommy Media which not only produces newbies but Parent Savers, Preggy Pals, Twin Talks and the Boob Group and I have four children of my own my oldest just turned five and um, then I have a three-year-old and then I have twins uh, that are 21 months and so um, my first son was uh, a vaginal birth and I did tear so I do have some experience with this Um, all my other children were uh, c-section babies 
Okay, so let's see, Serena, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Hi, my name is Serena Salinas. I am 33. I am an attorney as well as a yoga instructor. I do mama and me classes. I was pregnant when I went through my yoga teacher training, which was a really awesome experience. Uh, I have a daughter who is eight months, and she is my one and only child as of now. People ask if I'm thinking about having another. I'm just trying to survive this one. (laughs) When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so before we kick off today's show, I found a news headline that I thought was really interesting. It's actually a visual headline, and I posted it to our Facebook page so you guys can check it out. Uh, But there's a photo that is going around the internet, and it's of a mother who just had a C-section, and her newborn is laying just below her C-section line and is cuddled up right next to the mother. And over 11 million people have viewed this picture on social media, and it's getting a lot of good feedback, but at the same time... There are some people that don't appreciate the photo as much as others. Um, it's been liked on Facebook by nearly 200,000 people. The people that, that appreciate it or are moms that either have had a C-section or had a, a birth that maybe didn't necessarily go their way, but they, they can appreciate the birthing process. And however get you, you get your baby out, you get your baby out. And, you know, in this particular situation, the baby, it had to come via cesarean. It was a situation where a cesarean saved the baby's life. And so that's why the mother wanted to cap this image it is a black and white image I should say because sometimes that comes off a little more artistic (laughs) than color images and sometimes people aren't offended as much by black and white but yeah so I wanted to show you guys this image get your your take on it the people that don't like it are calling it pornography it does show pubic hair okay and it is in an area I know (laughs) 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 and it is in an area of a body that is very sexualized in our society but it's also an area of the body where babies come out so anyways um you know let's start I guess with Maureen what do you think about this image Maureen I think it's a beautiful picture because there's the area of the womb with the incision that's healing well And the baby's head is resting against what I recognize as a pubic symphysis, the pelvic bone. And the baby has almost a little smile, and the skin just looks skin to skin, baby to mom. There's nothing showing that would be distasteful. I think it's a beautiful nurturing picture to me. Yeah. What do you think, Kristen? Uh, I think it's beautiful. I think it was well photographed, well done. And, you know, certainly this is a part of mom um, coming to terms with how her baby was born. And um, this was a road to healing for her for both uh, physically and emotionally. So um, while I can understand why this might be triggering for maybe moms who are not um, there yet with their belly bursts or maybe their traumatic vaginal bursts. I can see how this would um, bring up things that were upsetting to them. But we have to remember that everyone is in their own journey in their own place and uh, we all birth our babies differently. And um, so for this particular mom, this was a way for her to celebrate having a healthy baby and feeling proud and strong of what she went through to accomplish that goal. 
Well, first of all, I had a vaginal birth. And so my the lens in which I'm looking at this photo is is from that. But I would like to echo a lot of what uh, Maureen and Kristen said um, is that it's a beautiful photo to me. Um, it's a beautiful photo for a number of reasons. One, just because I'm still in that mommy love bubble and it, <laughs> yeah. it, 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 it's very touching. And um, if this is how this mother was able to end that particular journey and start the next journey of being a mother um, and whatever was in that package, whatever emotions was in that package, uh, you had indicated that the cesarean saved her her baby's life, then I think that's really empowering. And um, I think that we should be respectful of that. She's she's being very vulnerable, sharing this image, mm-hmm. sharing some not only the image itself, but what the image represents, not only the sexual organs and uh, but also all the emotion that comes with that. Um, she may not have wanted a cesarean. She may have really wanted a vaginal birth. And so, as Kristen alluded to, this may have been the way in which she was able to take ownership of this journey. And so, uh, to me, that takes a lot of courage and a lot of strength. And I respect that. I think that indeed was the case. I think she was going for a vaginal birth. But just the sheer power and the fact that, you know, the cesarean saved her baby's life, I think she just wanted to... Be grateful and remember, you know, further down the line um, about this important experience that she had. And so, all right. Thanks, ladies, for sharing your opinion. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality. For your most precious gift, Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Today on Newbies, we're discussing tears and episiotomies following a vaginal birth. Maureen Mason is a physical therapist specializing in pelvic therapy. Thanks so much for joining us, Maureen, and welcome to the show. Thank you, Kristen. Maureen, when women come to see you to help recover from a vaginal birth, what problems are they typically experiencing? They're kind of in a state of bewilderment sometimes. Why are they in physical therapy? Because people tend to think of us as the shoulder, back, knee, that sort of thing. So the first thing is explaining what we do, and we simply bring out a model of the pelvis. Here are your muscles. Here are your labia. Underneath those, you have this urogenital triangle. That's your surface equipment. And I empower women to map and understand their own body. A woman cannot see her perineum, right? And a woman does not understand that these are muscles that have so many different functions. We do a lot of mapping of the perineum, where there's tenderness, where there's pain. There can be simply a little scar and it's a little uncomfortable. And we teach some myofascial release, do some selective soft tissue mobilization or it can be more extensive and it can cause quite a bit of pain and need need more care. Can you explain some of the physiology of the pelvis and the perineum and how they are affected during a vaginal birth? Yes. So first of all, the bones, the bony support of the the architecture of our pelvis, the symphysis pubis in front separates a little bit or a lot and then it comes back together or not so well, right? So we have the abdominals 
and the back muscles helping with the glutes and the deep hip muscles and the pelvic muscles all holding the bones together. So we have the bony architecture that should be a little flexible but also solid enough for walking. Then the pelvic muscles themselves, imagine three sets of mixing bowls. Imagine a wide, large mixing bowl. That's your deepest, most internal pelvic muscle group, okay? Imagine a little shallower bowl and then a, a shallower bowl and all those three levels nest inside of each other. Pubocosageus goes from pubic bone back to our tailbone, our cossex. The PC muscles are a sling or a hammock. They go front to back and they also go side to side. So I'll take my hands and cradle them and show this front to back and this side to side, just like we're cradling a baby to know that we have those, those muscles. Towards the surface, what a woman can see and feel with a mirror is the perineum and we have the vaginal ring muscle, which stretches with vaginal childbirth. In an ideal world, women have perineal massage, preparing them for birth. They have perineal massage from 36 or 38 weeks on, spending 15 minutes twice a week, doing some perineal elasticity training. Or that doesn't happen, and a woman has a very tight sphincteric ring, and as she goes to push and she's at the final stage of labor, the baby doesn't come out. So then what are the choices? Tear, episiotomy, cesarean. And uh, what are the various degrees of a perineum tear and also of an episiotomy? Sure. So the simplest um, episiotomy is just a grade one, okay? That's just a skin around the vaginal opening. According to the medical reports, it heals in a couple weeks, okay? and we usually don't see those in physical therapy. A grade two, it's a larger tear that's going into the muscles of the perineum, the urogenital triangle, ischiocavernosis, transverse perineal bulbocavernosis. I call them a little bit of muscles, B-I-T, and um, that tends to heal in a few months. A grade three goes into the vaginal sphincter further back into the anal sphincter region, okay, approaching the anal sphincter. This uses stitches, a grade two and a grade three, and then when we get into a grade four, that's all the way into the anal sphincter. Now we're talking big stuff and more healing time. What would an episiotomy typically be used for? So the decision for an episiotomy varies quite a bit throughout the world. So we look at the literature, and in some cases, there are 60% episiotomy rates. The rates overall are coming down, 10%, 7%. Optimum perineal massage, working with a midwife, birth doula, the rates are much lower. We have medical literature in the birth journal to substantiate that doula or midwife-assisted birth has less rate of the episiotomy. Um, if the baby's heart rate's dropping suddenly, if the mother is completely wiped out, the mother's pushing forever, and the baby is crowning forever, and the mother's blood vessels are breaking and her eyes are popping, and the baby's not coming out. Ayuda, <laughs> help, please, you know? So, um, and it's an alternative to a cesarean, okay? And then, um, I don't know of a rating system for the tears, it's probably similar, but when you look at what happens, Tears are usually better 
than the episiotomies. The episiotomies in the literature, medical literature, episiotomies tend to have more pain with sex and more bladder problems than the the natural tears. Where's it gonna tear where it's weakest? Where's it gonna be cut with an episiotomy? Usually right down the midline or to the lateral. That's the anchor into the perineal body. Perineal body's like a figure of eight from the vaginal to the anal sphincter. And that perineal body, that's your muscular base. Why would some women prefer to tear versus an elective episiotomy? Right, women would prefer to tear because they're not getting what medically actually is looked at as a laceration when the doctor's cutting with a knife. They'd want their own birth canal to open up on their own. That being said, um, some women come to physical therapy and they've had extensive tears that then have ended up requiring stitches as well. So I think any woman listening that's experienced any of these things, don't put yourself in a box. Accept what your body needed what it is what it needed. And there's very few stories of episiotomies and tears that women feel great with and they don't even notice. However, I have had some clients share their episiotomy story or their tear with someone and they say well that didn't happen to me and then the woman feels bad so we want to naturalize that there's quite a spectrum of things that happen when a woman has a tear or an episiotomy and has stitches what can she do at home to help feel better and to aid in her recovery Okay, ice helps, but how the heck do you put ice on your butt, right? So, <laughs> you sit on it, I guess. So, there's there's the reusable cold packs that can help. They really do help. A wise woman of mom of four told me to take some menstrual pads, get them wet, wrap them in saran wrap and put them in the freezer. I was glad I had them when I came home. Yes, they melt. You better be sitting on a towel, right? So, ice can help. Um, there's different peri sprays that people use that are soothing. Sits bath definitely helps where you're doing a, a lukewarm bath, that sort of thing. Um, and being really careful where you sit. Those soft, squishy couches that really let you sink down in, those are difficult. And you may end up sitting on one cheek or the other for a little bit and prefer a more firmer support. And there's also donut cushions, or you could simply take two decorator pillows and make a V out of them. Many people have the airline travel pillows. Some oh. women might, might sit on that for a few minutes. You know, it's they're rather plump. Don't put yourself in a box that one type of pillow is going to work for you. And it can depend on the day, too. Sometimes things are more sensitive in our body and other times they're fine. I think in the hospital I was given witch hazel, is that right? Yes. Yeah, then the little mm-hmm. squirty bottles. Yeah, the peri spray. That, that helped a it lot, does. I thought. It does. Yeah. And what about you, Serena? What has your experience been? Um, so I was, I feel like I was, I, I was fortunate. I really uh, love my birth story um, because there was a lot of anxiety before because I didn't want tears. I didn't want episiotomy, but I had three small tears. Um, and at that time I was just like, I don't care. Just get my love bug out of me. I can't deal with this anymore. And my three small tears included two um, within the vaginal canal. And then um, I'm not quite sure what the correct atonical uh, a term is, but um, at the base of my vaginal canal on the outside. And so I had three small um, 
stitches and I used witch hazel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually used the witch hazel pads to, to dab oh, okay. um, after, um, after using the restroom. But um, in when you, Maureen, was talking about the pillows, I actually used my daughter's boppy, the boppy that sure. I had. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, man, I should have gotten two of these, one for me and one for my daughter, because the boppy <laughs> was, was perfect for me. Um, I was right. able to um, either – I was able to move it to whatever was sensitive on that day. Um, my doula provided me with a tea as well that I used in a peri bottle. Wonderful. Um, immediately. So when I was at the hospital, um, we we made some and I used it. And I used it for the first like month and a half. And that was really helpful for me. So I tag teamed my tears <laughs> with, with the witch hazel as well as the tea that I had. Wonderful. Yeah. You know, as far as my experience is concerned, so I have four children, three pregnancies because I have a set of twins. But my very first birth that I had, my, my son, I had a second degree tear. I don't think they told me a lot about where it was. I know you're talking about like in the canal. I don't think they told me that. I think what they were referring to is just on the outside. So it was painful, but, you know, like like I said, I used the witch hazel. And I think it was a spray. Did they put it in a spray? Does anyone know? Like a spray and then um, obviously those beautiful, you know, like whatever linen underwear they give you in the hospital. Those are really comfortable. <laughs> they are kind of. They're I mean, really comfortable. You never find them at Victoria's Secret. But, no. Um, but yeah, and then they had these really long pads and stuff. And I just remember having to do that you know multiple times you know and and it was um kind of a lengthy process but I continued to do that even after I left the hospital and and I went home my case is a little bit different because I had extreme incontinence after that birth so I had a totally different aftercare experience simply because of that because I had like no control over um the urine that was coming out and so but I you know, did all the sits baths that you were talking about. And that seemed to really bring a lot of comfort just because when you have urine combined with a tear, it, it burns. Is the worst burning feeling burns. ever. Yeah. And Sonny, thank you for sharing your story because it's just, we have quite a spectrum in, in the room here mm-hmm. of what women experience. And we are so good at keeping things private yeah. and being tough. And women actually suffer silently a lot um, with these things. It's true. Yeah. When we come back, we will continue our discussion about when to think about getting intimate with your partner after recovering from a tear or episiotomy. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. We're talking with Maureen Mason about recovering from a tear or episiotomy following a vaginal birth. When a woman has been cleared for sexual activity from her doctor, is there anything she can do or that she should know to make sex more comfortable after recovering? Ha ha ha. A glass of wine, maybe. (laughs) Okay, let's imagine that men have gotten four hours of sleep for a couple weeks, right? Let's imagine um, their equipment hurts, and let's approach them as soon as they put a baby down, right? So um, nobody tells you, but things change. The woman has, you know, you're juggling, right, with the husband and the baby. And your pelvic tissues, when you're nursing, you're not getting your estrogen and your progesterone. So the vag can hurt. Mm. The tissues can become tender. If when we're nursing, we're not getting our cycle and we're not sleeping, the libido can disappear. So... 
we love to talk about sex. It's a fascinating topic. But when a woman has no libido, mm-hmm. that starts a problem right sure. there. Okay. So sleep preparation, deprivation, sleep hygiene is number one for a woman having a good sex drive. And men loading the dishwasher, baby care, that sort of thing. Specific for the appease or a tear site, lots of warm-up activity sexually, keeping clothes on, letting that natural lubrication happen, and then exploring different positions um, for comfort. What might have been comfortable in the past might not be comfortable now. One strategy is for a woman for vaginal penile to control the rate and depth of penetration, specifically. And have date nights, okay? <laughs> but don't have a date night and go out for a big dinner and be sleep exhaust, you know, deprived, and then think you're going to come home and have sex for the first time because you're going to fall asleep on a full stomach. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good to me right now. I was actually going to say that doesn't sound like a bad date night at all, actually. <laughs> yeah, that sounds fantastic. <laughs> Sorry, honey. But we can also look at sexual intimacy as any touching or cuddling that is private and intimate between a couple, okay? Mm -hmm. So much we think of sex as one particular act, but really the sexologist, sex therapist consider a whole spectrum of activity that makes things more fun. And I tell a lot of my patients that might be a little shy here or tired, keep your clothes on, go back to some of that cuddling to start and see where it takes you. Sometimes take intercourse off the table and start with some other things, maybe something for your partner, Uh, if the woman's libido is low, or the libido may be high, too. Mm -hmm. And when should a woman consider a visit to a pelvic therapist? If you've possibly explored pelvic perineal massage on yourself, okay, contacting the tissue, maybe looking in a mirror. Many, most women are shy and uncomfortable visualizing their tissue. We want you to picture flowers down there. This is an elastic accordion type structure, the vaginal walls. Um, it is the birth center, and it's a beautiful part of the body. So the self-talk is, is important. When there's continued pain, come on in. Most of the grade threes and fours would really benefit from the pelvic physical therapy. Not only could there be pain at the perineum, there's most likely some associated problems, such as Sunny mentioned, mm-hmm. um, perhaps some bladder problems, could be bowel problems. Pelvic prolapse also, that's when things are too low. This can happen and cause some pressure, heaviness, that sort of thing. And then in the beginning, I mentioned pelvic girdle pain, the joints being out of alignment, that sort of thing. So come on in, get a screen, get checked. You might just have a couple visits, and or you may want more support, building up for athletic training type functions too, that whole process. You know, I think we almost do ourselves a disservice as women because we're told before we have babies that, oh, once you have a baby, you're going to have some bladder issues or there's stuff to expect, (laughs) right? And that might be true, but then after it happens, I feel like a lot of women just think that they, that's just part of having a baby and you just deal with it. Whereas there are things that can be done. Like you really don't have to, you know, pee a little bit every time you laugh. I mean, and I think, you know, going to see, even if it's just an initial consultation, just going to see, you know, someone to to kind of tell you what's happened to your body since, Mm -hmm. I think that's invaluable knowledge just to know because your body, we say this a lot, but it's true. Your body is never the same after having a baby. And it doesn't mean it's bad. It means it's different and you got to adjust. Yeah, exactly. Knowledge is power. Yes. Panelists, when did you feel ready to continue your everyday activities following your birth? Um, well, I know for me, I was 
overcome. I'm an, I'm an anxious person. And so I immediately wanted to start walking up and down the stairs in our, in our apartment. Um, and it took, my boyfriend was very adamant about making sure that I sat down on my boppy and I didn't move. And so it actually took a lot of self-discipline to stop me from moving because, um, I wanted to just jump back up and I wanted to do the dishes and I wanted to like, you know, feel productive around the house. Um, and so I actually had to temper that desire to get back into my routine. Little did I know or fully understand that my routine was going to be very different because I had my daughter. Um, but to get to the heart of the question of when I actually was able to get back to the daily routine or just to activities, um, it would have probably been about uh, two months in all honesty, maybe even a little longer to get to the function where I could walk or jog without peeing a little where I could physically exert myself and um not have to worry about oh you know I peed a little or where I was able even able to laugh without (laughs) without losing you know some pee so I would say about two and a half months and it probably would have been less if I would have just sat down and enjoyed being still rather than having to deal having to to, to temper myself from, you know, getting up and doing the dishes or getting up and watering the plants. Um, and I felt the need to lift things that were heavier than what my doctor had suggested. Um, and again, that was my own personal thing where I felt like I needed to clean the house or whatever. But it took about two and a half months. I think mine was different depending on um, the birth. Like with my first, I was just so flooded with like, what is going on with my body? You know, people say you're supposed to pee a little, but I can't control anything. And then I was going to see a urogynecologist on a regular basis, and he was talking about surgery. So that first birth to me was just, I was just so focused on how do I feel somewhat normal, not even what can I accomplish. It's just, you know, I mean, literally, I was like changing my newborn's diaper, and then I was like having to change my own diaper. Like, I was seriously wearing Depends. It was like crazy. So my mentally, I was just in a very weird crazy place that I was really just trying to care for myself so I could care for my baby. Um, but I would say with the subsequent pregnancies and and, and births, um, mentally, I think I, I, I bounced back uh, pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> and with the C-sections too, my body was pretty good um, about recovering from those and, and me hopping back pretty quickly. Um, you know, having your own business, like it's tough, like no one's really going to <laughs> kind of do all your work for you. So you kind of have to kind of jump back in a little bit but I always did give myself those first six weeks like I was just like you know what like once you have more and more kids it's like you really value that time to just I I always tell women I'm like stay in the hospital if you have a hospital birth just stay there as long as they'll let you stay you know because when you go home it's totally different you don't have people waiting on you and especially if you already had a have a kid at home right so um, I was pretty good about you know holding holding off Um, but I would say you know definitely for those first six weeks until you're able to see your OB or something like that then um That's kind of what I did, at least. Thank you so much, Maureen and our lovely panelists, for chatting with us today about recovering from tears and episiotomies. And for our Newbies Club members, our conversation will continue after the end of this show, as Maureen will show techniques about preventing and reducing the risk of tearing or needing an episiotomy. For more information about the Newbies Club, please visit our website at newmommymedia.com. 
Okay, it's time for a fun segment we have on the show, and it is called Baby Oops. And I love today's story. This comes from Jenny of New York. And Jenny says, when I brought my second son home, my oldest son was three years old. I was holding the new baby in front of me and talking. I said, aren't you hot to trot? Suddenly, my normally calm three-year-old hit the new baby upside his head. I was shocked. I put my baby down and drew the three-year-old closer to handle the situation. His answer? Mommy, he's not hard to chop. (laughs) Thankfully, baby was not hurt, and the three-year-old was innocent. I'm very thankful they're very close even to this day. (laughs) So, Jenny, thanks so much for sending in this story. If you have a funny baby oops you want to share with our listeners, please send us an email through our website at newmommymedia.com, and you can also leave a voicemail for us, and the number to call is 619-866-4775. That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Newbies. Don't forget to check out our sister show, Preggy Pals, for expecting parents, Parent Savers for moms and dads with infants and toddlers, The Boop Group for moms who breastfeed, and Twin Talks for parents of multiples. Thanks for listening to Newbies, your go-to source for new moms and new babies. This has been a New Mommy Media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health, or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. New Mommy Media is expanding our lineup of shows for new and expecting parents. If you have an idea for a new series, or if you're a business or organization interested in joining our network of shows through a co-branded podcast, visit newmommymedia.com. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.